0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Electric Brain Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5, with Andrew Bryant. Andrew and I had a really great conversation. We um we talk about what's going on in his life, how it led up to where he is now in his musical career, kind of like the ins and outs of what it was like when he, Andrew Bryant was... Younger and growing up in the Memphis music scene, really. As myself and uh, Matt Barry and Philip Palmer, um, the two co-hosts that we've had on this season, we've all grown up in this Memphis music scene, and Andrew kind of touches on that a little bit, as well as where he's going and what he's doing now. And what he is up to now is he has his solo project, Just under his name, Andrew Bryant. His latest album out right now is called This Is The Life. But he's currently in the studio doing the follow-up, which is really cool, and I'm super excited to listen to it. But if you want to listen to This Is The Life, you can check it out on Amazon, Bandcamp, Spotify, you know, all those kind of things. And if you check it out and you love it and you want to buy the vinyl or the CD, you can go to sleeprecordings.com. And if you want to go further and you want to go out and see him do a solo show, you can go with, you can find him all over during the month of May. And if you want to look for those tour dates, you can check out andrewbryantmusic.com and he is part of the rock duo. I guess that's what you would call them. I guess that's what I'm going to call them right now, but the rock duo Waterliers. They are fantastic. The mix of the drums and the guitar and the harmonies, it just it's really soothing at sometimes and very haunting in others. Um but those guys will be out on the road in July. And if you want those tour dates, you can check out waterliersmusic.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, facebook.com slash Andrew Bryant Tunes or facebook.com slash waterliersmusic. You can also tweet at Andrew Bryant. Tell him how much you love him and love his music and want And are excited to see him play live. I guess you can do that. And you can do that at at Magnolia. Because this this is a boy from Mississippi. truly love that. So you can tweet at Magnolia State. Is his Twitter handle. And you can also tweet at Water Liars Music. And you can follow him on Instagram. At Magnolia State also. So we're really excited for... For this episode, um, it's a little different dynamic because this episode is the only one this season like this. Um, we don't have a co-host. It's just myself and Andrew Bryant, and we have a lot of fun, and we just uh, invite you to now listen to the Electric Brain Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5. Enjoy. the electric rain podcast and really how what we're doing is I kind of want to do a wikipedia of uh, like audio wikipedia mm-hmm. basically have people on that we're interested in because you know how it is when you find someone you want to know about that person right and you goes like straight to wikipedia and you read all this stuff but basically like a long form profile okay. on someone. So that's kind of like how it is like like first off we'll start like where did you when did you start like playing music and stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. Um well, I, the first times I really started playing music was just at home uh, yeah. when I was about 13 years old. Okay. Um we had a piano in my house. Uh, my mom was a piano player at the church we went to. Okay. Um and she sent me and my sister to take piano lessons, but I wasn't particularly interested in that. <laughs> yeah. As a thirteen-year-old kid, yeah. I was more interested in—I guess I wanted to play rock and roll even at that point—and didn't really know how to do that. So That's
0: cool. Like, what kind of like rock and roll are you talking about? Like, growing up, like classic rock? Because I know when I was growing up, it was more that.
1: Well, now, it was the nineties. So the stuff I was hearing okay. on the radio. You know what I mean? I this gotcha. is Kind of. This is early nineties. So it just anything I was hearing on the radio, I don't even know nirvana and stuff yeah, like that pumpkins you know. and yeah pumpkins, whatnot. all that stuff okay um, cool so yeah my mom just taught me how to play songs just sitting with chords at the piano and and, and i just kind of figured out how to play by ear that yeah. way notation and then okay she had an old yamaha acoustic guitar and i taught myself how to play guitar and
0: that's awesome man
1: and i kind of grew up the first five years from like 13 to 18 playing in church every Uh, week too okay Uh, like in
0: like a youth group or whatever no actually
1: the church i went to was like a kind of full gospel pentecostal type place so they like a full band in water valley no or where did you grow up i grew up actually in calhoun county which is the next county over from um, from where water valley is and i lived in several different places mainly outside of a little town called bruce mississippi yeah i know bruce see i'm
0: i'm not i'm from horn lake okay so like that's where I grew up. Right. And my mom is from Water Valley. Right on. So, okay, cool. And I, I, don't know, I love that area. Yeah, I mean, I grew up,
1: the, our, the football team at Bruce played against the football team at Water Valley, <laughs> yeah. you know, and all that. Cool. So, that, I've always known Water Valley, but Water Valley is a lot different now. Than yeah. I when I was a kid. But anyways, yeah, and the church we went to was actually in Houston, Mississippi. Okay. So, that was about, like, 30-minute drive. But, yeah, I played there, you know, three times a week. So, I'll, I'll wow, always say okay. that, like, my first, like, performances and practicing gigs and all that type of stuff was actually just playing in church three times a week. It like really taught me how to, after I learned how to play, it taught me how to play and perform. I so guess you grew up in the church. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah. So did I,
0: Yeah. you know, and I'm, I still, I still go to church every Sunday, but it's a lot different from like right. when I, you know, first was going. So, um, yeah, I completely understand right now. that. Yeah. So awesome. Um, so, yeah, so you're playing in the church, mm-hmm. and that's, like, where you're, like, learning music and, you know, growing yeah. in that?
1: Well, that's uh, that's where I'm learning how to play in front of people, but okay. I, I would say I'm learning more in my bedroom. Okay, And that gotcha. really, you know, like, that, I kind of started acquiring instruments through that medium. Okay. I ended up getting a bass guitar from a guy at the church. I ended up getting an electric guitar. Um you know, getting a small lamp and all that type of stuff. So, I, And then in my bedroom, I started writing songs and recording stuff on awesome. tape decks and stuff like that. So really? I was always really interested in that. Yeah, I was recording whole, like, EPs where I would have a double cassette deck and I would record the drums on it, one tape. And at what age tape. is this? About 15 or 16. 15 or 16, I record oh, okay. the drums on one tape. And then I would switch the tapes and play the drums and then play with it on guitar and then switch them again and I'll keep doing it back and forth with the tape till I had a full band on there. Wow! And okay. then I would then, then I would put uh, then I would dub the tape you know like as an EP or whatever. Damn! So, cool. Just give them to my friends and <laughs> stuff like odd. that. Hey, so that's look. I was always man. like interested in home recording and, yeah. and and just like I was interested in the process of what it took I guess to like make a record, make a song.
0: You know, that's really cool. Like so, me on recording. All I know how to do now is what we're doing currently. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like my our uh my buddy he actually does all the post production for right. all of this kind of stuff. So I'm like just getting into the audio. And yeah. we we did a song with Sean. Uh-huh. He did a song. So um but I just don't have my condenser mic today. So that's, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't bring you. a guitar or yeah. anything either. So. <laughs> I figured well, if we didn't talk about it then
1: it probably yeah. wouldn't happen.
0: But. but um okay, so um From that, where did you go? Like, when did you start? um, So, 15 or 16, you're writing music. When did the whole band aspect kind of come into this? Well,
1: what's funny, when I was about, when I got out of high school, at high school about 18 years old, a a friend of mine I knew in town was like, we were both getting into punk music a lot oh, at the time, you know? Hey, I, I feel ya. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where we were and he was like, man, I want to start like a punk hardcore band and I need a bass player. And I was like, cool. I'm know? down, yeah. So yeah, it was just me and like uh, three other guys in town. What were you all called? Uh, <laughs> we I always to? like to ask No, we'll, we'll do that because we're in Memphis and a lot of people were, from around here would probably know where I was in a band called The Quick and the Dead.
0: The that, Quick and the Dead.
1: That played a lot of I just passed the place down here where the caravan used to be. Oh, yeah. And we wow, used to play okay. shows there and at 1297 over yeah. here in Madison. Uh, You're
0: a little older than me. Yeah, right? we played shows so.
1: downtown where the map room used to be on okay. Madison and mm-hmm. Maine. Uh, so, yeah, so the thing is, is we started that band, and we just started playing, like, really started playing shows in Memphis. That's
0: awesome. Like, right off the bat, and that yeah. was kind of
1: the only place that had a punk hardcore scene, anything mm-hmm. like that going on. The first show we actually played was in Natchez, Mississippi, which is really weird. <laughs> but it Dude, was we,
0: uh the band uh that not the band that I was in, but the band that usually my co host, he's not here right now, is at band practice, but he um he played his first one of his first shows in iuka Oh wow. Yeah, like at the VFW, the VFW yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, we played There you, the, go. I think it's See, the VFW you know it. W <laughs> community hall in mm-hmm. Natchez and it
1: was just a... Uh, there was a band from Cleveland called One Reason, a punk band. These be from Cleveland, Mississippi, okay. and they did a lot of punk shows there. But for, wh- for whatever reason, they got together and were like, "We're gonna do this big punk show, Jamboree and Natchez, <laughs> and it was just like a bunch of bands from all over.
0: Those times are seriously like yeah. some of the most fun times. Oh man! I it was remember great. going down to Tupelo even mm-hmm. to see a band for too many. Yeah, we did, did, did some shows in Tupelo. Okay, too. yeah,
1: yeah, we used to play. There was a skate park there that did shows yeah. called the Kai House. We played, and then we used to play at this pool hall called Court Street Pool Hall That was that is now not <laughs> not there anymore. Um, and then there they did shows at the VFW Hall there. Yeah, there, wherever there were punk kids, yeah. there were shows. Yeah, going exactly. In some they way just, or another. They group. Know? They go right.
0: all. They're like nomads. They'll go from here to here. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, but
1: because of our proximity, like kind of where I am now, where you can cut over to 55 and come up, only takes you about an hour. 15 minutes hour okay. and a half to get here we were doing a lot of shows in memphis and really this was memphis was my local scene at that time
0: well that's awesome so. yeah like the local scene when here in memphis when we were playing shows it was great now it's just like dead yeah it's, it's, di- weird. it's different it yeah. is a lot different yeah Now like a lot of kids i know now are down in oxford playing and stuff like, yeah
1: I'll, I'll, yeah that's a good point to make too you know the way you could go do a show right now in Oxford that didn't exist when we yeah. were doing that, you know, even if you had a regular rock band, it, it, because it was so much of a college scene, every bar it was twenty-one over, and that was mm-hmm. the only place to play. There was never like a local, any kind of independent music scene yeah. that was on a lower scale. It just wasn't a thing, you know, and that's why we played in Memphis so much because there was such a big open, like you know, under twenty-one, all ages. That's cool, and or indie punk scene going on here so
0: yeah because that's like a little different because i like i said i'm pretty sure you're a little older than i am i'm 26 a little bit so, <laughs> so you know um it was a kind of a de- at a different time but right awesome so quick in the dead mm-hmm. and then you do that into, for a few years and yeah. then
1: um i start my first band which is me like playing guitar and writing songs and okay. so it's just kind of a three-piece indie rock band all right cool um it was me and my buddy who um, lived in Bruce, played bass with me, and then my friend who actually lived in Memphis was the drummer, so we were kind of more or less a Memphis-based band, just because yeah. I was here all the time and he lived here, and it was called Never Cry Wolf. Never and Cry we Wolf. we did a lot of shows around here. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, wh- what kind of things from that time do you, have you, uh, you know, you learned from, like, mistakes or, like, what, how does it affect you now, like, that time, being in the, that scene?
1: Well, I I learned a lot, a a lot of, I take a lot of pride in the way I came up in that, like, I like the very do-it-yourself way that everything was done back then, and I still kinda hold to that.
0: Everybody like making yeah. the shows happen and, on their own. And yeah. just like
1: forming relationships mm-hmm. and that being the way that you work in, in getting shows and playing with people and things like that. Yeah. You know, and I, I still have a lot of that. I see people now who are younger, they don't necessarily work under that. And people older. There's a little bit of a gap. You yeah. Know, and some older folks don't work like that too. So I still kinda work in my brain yeah. in that Especially when it comes to forming relationships and the way I work with people, and I like that. But I think that, like a negative thing I learned, I guess it's something I never did was like focus on getting paid because I was young. <laughs> hey, you yeah. know what I mean? So I was just like, yeah, I was just happy to play. You know? Yeah, that's the and thing. it had to like, be a thing. I had to teach myself how to be more forthright about look. Yeah. I'm able to do this, but we're all a little bit older. You know, how much money are we going to get? Yeah, you know, something like that. Or, no, you know, I
0: never thought of playing like right? we would play. Shoot. Sometimes we overplayed. We'd play like oh, yeah. four or five oh, exactly. times a month. Oh yeah, and we're not getting paid a lick. Right, we're just happy to be there. And there's nothing wrong with that. You oh, know, at no. that
1: point, it's it it's hell. We probably didn't deserve to get paid anyway. Really. <laughs> no, we weren't very good. But um, but that's something. You know, that's something that if you're trying to like keep playing music, you're gonna at some point have to try to think of it as, as a business in some way yeah. or another. And if you're not going to do it, find somebody else to do it for you. And I was never good at trying to find other people to do it for me. Like I say, I was always very like, okay, I'll do this, and I'll just do it myself. Yeah. So I've had to learn how to uh, to manage both sides of that.
0: What did it feel like the first time Like you got paid to play?
1: First time I got paid a lot of money to play. I mean, I think the first time I considered it a lot of money was like 500 bucks, and yeah. I was like... Whoa! This is this is kind of cool this because is. at the time it was more money than I made in about two weeks. Oh with yeah, at the job I was working at,
0: you know. Well, what were you doing?
1: I was working like a factory, basically. Okay, uh, my uncle owned a uh, trust manufacturing business and I worked for him for years and my dad owned a sawmill and so I That's was usually cool. working with either one of them.
0: Uh, I love, it. yeah. Sawmill. Yeah. Right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> like I build furniture and whatnot yeah. too. So it's like Yeah, I worked uh, in a it's... furniture factory for oh, a while did you? too. So, okay. Yeah. See the only furniture factories I ever worked in were there were like more of a distribution. So it's mm-hmm. like me in a fifty three foot trailer just right. like unloading couches all day. Right. It was miserable. Now I just I make guitars now but
1: oh that's pretty sweet that's and it's kinda yeah whatever it's a job yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so transitioning into that you're are you just playing in a band or are you are you writing the music as well like I know cause I listened to your album that you sent mm-hmm. me and I love it it's mm-hmm. great man and uh that sounds like a that's like song writing mm-hmm. now would you at that point yeah
1: I, at that point with Never Curl, Wolf well, it I was writing songs, but it's definitely not the way that I'm doing it now. It yeah. was more, you know, how it is then when you get together with your dudes. Like, you have kind of an idea, and mm-hmm. you, you write out a song, and you're kind of singing lyrics over something you, you guys came up yeah, with. Yeah, and this thing. is
0: like at a point where it's just songwriting is, hey, we have a part, and right. now we have another part and another right, part right. instead of chorus yeah. you know, verse, there was verse. I mean, there
1: were some that I had that were kind of like – Structured out, yeah, and then once the drums and bass were added, it kind of changed. So, there were like there was a level of songwriting to it, yeah. but it was so primitive. I don't even, I was doing at the time, it was very minimal, too. It'd be like two line verses, like a repeated chord, like, I yeah. wrote very minimal type words because I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> I guess it's <laughs> the best way to think of it, but uh, I mean, and that shifted a few uh, The songwriting that I do now shifted a few years. After doing that band for a few years and it disbanded, and then I didn't do anything for about a year. And then I just started writing songs. Okay. Um, that I considered, and then what, which was when I kind of became, like, a, I guess you would say a solo yeah, songwriter a person. Solo songwriter. So,
0: yeah. Now, um, when did the Liars come about? I know, like, from reading Justin is the other member, mm-hmm. right? And he lived in St. Louis. Right. And, uh, how did y'all get hooked up together?
1: Uh, well, I was doing solo stuff, uh, made, at that point I'd made several records and at that point, like I had a computer and was recording my own music in my house and I yeah. was kind of doing DIY, making solo records. And so I would tour behind that. And okay. I met him, I was on tour in St. Louis. It wasn't long after he had moved to St. Louis and started a band that he was in, his band opened for me okay. at this little art center, this place, show that I was playing. Um, and I remember they started playing. I was like, whoa, that dude writes cool songs. He's got mm-hmm. a cool voice. And after that, we just kept up. And his band at the time, like, uh, they would come through here and we'd play a show in uh, uh, Memphis or Oxford or both. And, like, I'd open, you know, we'd open and trade out. And-, and then if I was going through St. Louis, you know, I'd open for them because the- then they were starting to get pretty big. Okay,
0: cool. There. What so. was the band that he was in?
1: It's a band called Theodore from memphis okay so, yeah. theodore yeah
0: wow okay yeah. i didn't even put that together yeah okay, he was cool. like
1: the songwriter and like singer and front man of that band well that's so. really cool yeah we did shows down the street here at pnh a few times oh so, at the pnh yeah and several times <laughs> we did a couple shows at the old high tone location over here and we played at the high tone yeah
0: i've seen times. uh so, i've seen justin in the streets over at the pnh a bunch uh-huh. yeah so that's good fried pickles. Cool. Oh man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we the places I think I grew up around here listening to music. We went to the Rally Point, yeah, all the time. The mm-hmm. skate park in Memphis, right? Stuff like that, right? And uh, yeah, the Daisy. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, when a big band came along, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but cool. Um, yeah, I I have been really in depth into. Um, water liars mm-hmm. lately because I'm kind of a new fan. Right. Um, over the past you know, six months, mm-hmm. when uh, my friend showed me Linens, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh wow, this is cool." But what I think got me really hooked because I think I what I've been I've been kind of resting on that Wyoming mm-hmm. album, and when I heard Fake Heat, I was like. Holy shit. The yeah. harmonies in this are insane. Right. And, um, no, I've listened to your, uh, your other records and your newer one, the, mm-hmm. the self title. Right. And, um, and I love them, uh, especially like the rock and roll feel. And I have like a lit, I had a list of people because they're, the songs they would remind me of, like, I don't know, like, Especially songwriting wise, and it's got this like country feel, because mm-hmm. you know how, like the basics of basis of country music is storytelling, right? And that's why I think I am drawn to the waterliers so much, is because and your solo stuff yeah. is because it's a story, right? Um, can you talk more about that? Like, when did storytelling? When did that kind of form into your songwriting?
1: Yeah, well, for me, it really was like. Never Crow Wolf ended, and it was, but this was about 2002, and um, I was just working a lot, and uh, my wife, who's my wife now at the time, she's my girlfriend, had gone to college, and I was kind of living in the back of a house and working a crappy yeah. job just so I could hang out with her, and, and I just started, I really started listening to a lot of country music. Okay. Via, like Johnny Cash's American yeah, Four yeah. came out around that time, and okay. just really loved that record, and... And country music was something I always rejected as a younger kid growing up in the 90s in Mississippi, you know, yeah. we just, you know, like we said, I wanted to be in the Nirvana or punk rock band. Yeah. So. But I just started paying attention to the older country music at that point, And I really got into Bob Dylan and never really listened to that until yeah. that point. And so I think just listening to that stuff, I was just like, I kind of started seeing what was lacking in my songwriting, which was a story mm-hmm. of some sort. Um. And so I just, yeah, at that point I just started, I don't know, it just changed, like, the way that I thought about forming or crafting a song, and it's still, it's evolved since then, but.
0: The way, like, even with your solo stuff and Water Liars is that it's, it's not overcomplicated music, where it's layers on layers and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, it's more of us on some of the tracks are more broken down right. and it's more about the, the lyrics and the song and what the content is.
1: All right. Well, both me and Justin work in the same way too. Okay, and cool. the way that my writing translates into a solo album, the way his writing translates into a water Lires album, which is it comes from, uh, us writing a song on an acoustic guitar and making a demo of it. That's cool. And okay. that's the song. Everything else is built from there. Good. So good. the harmonizing goes with what's already there. Like the song is already there. Yeah. So our our thing that we kind of always say is like we do whatever it serves the song, you know, and we try to play to the song, the strengths of the song, and and. So the song is first to us, both of us in our minds. It's all about writing a good song.
0: Okay, that's you know? really cool. Yeah. I, that's refreshing because yeah. that's kind of like Julian. She focuses a lot on that, and, mm-hmm. you know the the guitar comes like I feel secondary to right. the the song, which is really nice. Yeah, when our self
1: titled album, I'd never played any of those songs on drums. Oh, really? Until we went to the studio. Yeah, I I'd,
0: saw that y'all only did it in three days or three Wyoming, sessions.
1: Wyoming, we only did in three days. Oh, okay. We only tracked all of Wyoming in three days. Wow. Okay. Uh, we had demoed <laughs> Very it before. Efficient so efficient had, We had demoed it before, so we were a little more... Uh, familiar with the material but also we are a very efficient fast working yeah. band but it's self-titled yeah we did it in just three sessions but all of the songs were kind of coming you as can't we went.
0: overthink it and that's what i like you know you
1: well i was choosing not to overthink yeah, it yeah like good. justin would come up with songs and he would just give me an acoustic demo and i would listen to it and i'd be like yeah this is great i got it and then he would always try to say like what do you know what you're gonna do you're gonna harmonize and i'm like yeah i'll do it when we get there because i i on that record in particular i on wyoming on self-titled oh, okay i okay. did not want to like overthink it at all because i wanted to be as like artistically spontaneous as possible that's okay. kind of where i was with yeah. that and i was confident like because we've done wyoming and we toured a lot and i just knew that I, if i overthought it i was afraid if i overthought it it was not going to be good so uh, with wyoming it was Kind of the same thing. We had demoed the entire album of Wyoming, but we did it all at my house, and we just kind of went up there and demoed it like in a day. Oh, wow. And then, okay. So the whole album is based off of those demos. It's not very different. It just sounds better. Well, you did well. That yeah. album rules.
0: Thanks. Both of them. I, lo- I love because the, the self-title feels a little more like full band, I mm-hmm. guess, because what do you have a basis right for we had a basis at that. Point. okay is that is he a full member in the band now yeah, he is okay now, so, so that's was, was that was going to be a question was how did the did you enjoy the the two-man band like the duo like like experience
1: yeah it was cool it was a good way to start yeah you know like and it was we were it's
0: a lot less people to worry about that's
1: that was helped us get started frankly yeah. I mean just being able to travel light and, and that that's what helped us be able to tour a lot and build a name for the band yeah. just travel like get in the car and go we toured as much as we could yeah I mean and but it got to the point where it was feeling a little limited you know mm-hmm. like it was like we were giving it 110% every night but it was felt like we weren't quite getting what we wanted so yeah. that's when we invited the bass player to come along so.
0: well that's cool man I I, I think it's I think it's going well, and now you're with your solo stuff. You sent me your record, and I and I I love it. That losing my shit song yeah, yeah. is so, it like right when it starts with that right. that guitar. Yeah, it's gnarly. Thanks, I love dude, that. I no, it. and um, now are you working on uh new stuff for your solo?
1: I am. I've I've basically got a whole new solo record written. Okay, right now have some studio time booked and i'm messing around doing recording stuff at my house so we'll see what happens i'm gonna spend a lot of time on it probably the rest of the year oh, working cool. on it so
0: and w- in the meantime are y'all gonna be touring and whatnot with the yeah.
1: yeah we're booking stuff right now july is already full up we're gonna do like a Pretty good tour in July. We've got a few festivals in between now and then that we're doing some weekend dates, and then we're probably going to do a good bit in the fall.
0: It too. sucked last week. Last week it was cool because I was on vacation and I went to Colorado with my wife to see her family all right. and all that. But uh, I I was going to come down to oh, see the at at Proud Larry's, yeah. and uh, it was I was pretty bummed <laughs> I couldn't come and check cool. it out. But no, but um, so. When, when, when you're with Water Lyres, is it mainly Justin writing lyrics for the songs or are y'all, is that a collaborative thing?
1: With Water Lyres, Justin writes all the lyrics. Okay. And, and most of the melody too. I mean there are certain um, like some of the newer songs that we've done like I Want Blood for instance. Oh yeah. He, was, he had the lyrics written. He was working on them as we were going and I remember I could hear him in the. I'd be driving and he was in the back of the van with his guitar and I could hear him like writing the song and putting the melody together, yeah. and he only had the two chords. And I said, "Hey, put the minor in there." Okay. And he did that, and then I, that's what like made the song when it goes to the minor chord. Yeah. So, the, I, like most of that's about the extent of it. Now, on the newer stuff that we have that hasn't been released yet, there's like one song where I completely change the chords at the end, stuff like that. So I'm more musical yeah. In, yeah. in that regard. And, well, yeah. And it, but all the harmonies I write, you know, like that go with his. Melody and stuff like that. And sometimes you don't even notice it, but when you go back to the first demo, like once I get harmonies in there and we kind of start feeding off of each other, it does change the melody slightly, you know, mm-hmm. but in a good way. But it's that's not a writing. Th- I don't consider that a part of songwriting. Oh, yeah. I consider the song to already be there. What I do is just kind of enhance and build upon what mm-hmm. he already has. Well,
0: so. I know with that song that I told you that like hooked me, it was that fake heat song. Mm-hmm. And... I got that that songwriting where it's like a story and it sounds like some of the most absurd things, Mm -hmm. like uh, the dog bite my backside. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's, but it's like beautiful Mm -hmm. in the sense like how the music accompanies it. And um, I just, when the drums come in on the part where uh Found the condom in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Like every time, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get into it, and um, no, uh, it's all about knowing when to drop a beat. Yes, man. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what kind of music do you listen to, like on the side, right now?
1: Mm, tons of stuff, man. I, uh, I was listening to Julian Baker earlier today. Oh, okay, cool. her Um, listening to new Kendrick Lamar yesterday. Dude, that thing, pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty sweet. sweet. Yeah. Uh, um I don't know new Damon or Ermilian too I don't know if you've ever listened to that I guy. Haven't,
0: I haven't listened to the yeah. new stuff
1: Yeah he's it's it's good He's he's done it with this producer Richard Swift out okay. of Portland Oregon it's all pretty interesting Um he's a David Bazan fan Dude da- um,
0: that is one of the guys I had written down for when I was listening to y'all's music
1: Yeah well um cuz Bazan my, like Pedro the Lion was Well ne- my huge. band Never Cry Wolf that we talked about Yeah some people said was like more or less a Pedro the Line rip off oh. <laughs> you know? so and it kind of was I mean I was really into what he was doing at the time so that is a little bit of a model oh, people,
0: people but, told but. us that we were like um, like a because we played like a doomy hardcore like mm-hmm. kind of slow going right. it was kind of like a defeater rip off or we mm-hmm. were trying to go with that whole like new wave music right. or, like Law Dispute and Whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I can completely understand. Well, er, the people whole comparison. are always going to do that. Everybody you know? compares. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, b- but, you know, that whole saying that, like, the nicest form of flattery is imitation. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, for y'all, I had, like, David Bazan and then one of my favorite songwriters, John Prine, uh-huh. like, growing up. Right. I felt a little of that, like, that's a there. really
1: good, you know, what's interesting about that is that, like, Justin is very much. Like a John Prine esque oh, really? oh, yeah. songwriter. Okay. he's a great finger picker. Like if you just sat there mm-hmm. and listened to Justin finger pick and play a sing a song, he oh. could do it. You know, in a very John Prine type way. Me, I don't really do that though. Like, and I'm really interested in a bazan drum beat. Oh, so you know he's what I'm so saying? So good, yeah. And so I'm really that, like loving. That's so funny his, because because if you put those two me, things yeah. together, that is a little bit of what we do.
0: Yeah, and then you know. I think I had. I don't know. I think on the newer album, I felt like a, there was like a little Weezer in there or something like, that, oh, yeah. like older stuff. So I don't know. I was trying to like not just compare, but like try to like understand maybe some influences. And I feel like I hit a couple of them, like yeah, especially with Bazon, But also soul music too. Like, oh, you know, soul.
1: Like that a lot of some of the guitar and the stuff that we do on certain s- songs and drum beats too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. There's a traditional factor to it, but there's a like a 90s nostalgia factor for yeah, us to yeah. it. But then there's a songwriter nostalgia. You know, there's like a little bit of all of it. And we kind of just don't like uh, rule anything out. You know, like we're no, not trying good. to be a certain type of band. If And in, if you listen to our records, there's songs where Justin just plays a song on the guitar and sings it, like Let It Breathe, for instance, oh, on yeah. the new record. Um, I remember when he cut that, it was straight to tape. And he was like, hey, do you want to uh throw some backup vocals or piano on that or nothing i was like no dude that song is i was like that sounds good enough to be on a dylan record i was like i like an old dylan i was like i'm not i don't want to touch that so that's kind of how we roll with it it's kind of like just,
0: that minimalist approach oh yeah you know don't don't like mess with something if it's good Yeah.
1: i'm very much a minimalist it's oh, just good. trying to it's, it's all about space in a song When you're making a record, to me, it's all about not putting too much stuff on it, but having the right things and the right amount of space there to push the dynamics in the song along and keep the story there.
0: And that's like a maturing into music, because I remember when when the bands that we played with or the bands that I had friends in, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like... Oh, we have six people in the band and right. we have racks for our drums yeah. and we're all playing this crazy death metal. Yeah. It's like we have to have this and that right. and this and I'm like and now like the like the older we've get, gotten, you know, we've kinda gone away from that. Yeah. It's because maybe we understand more about like song the songwriting of not just putting pieces together but actually making it Something like with substance. Well, you know I, th- what I mean, I
1: don't know about you, but when you get older, you learn more of what it takes to craft something yeah. into something, instead of just because at the time it, when, you, when we're earlier, we don't really know what we're doing, so we're just kind of throwing shit at the wall yeah. and, and seeing <laughs> what happens, see if it sticks. You know, so you know it's just like everything in life. You know, if you're a professional of some sort, you're going to get better at your job and and learn how to to craft something instead of just sticking it together yeah. you know and seeing what happens so I mean that it's the same concept I guess
0: well that's that's awesome I, mm-hmm. I yeah when you mentioned that Kendrick Lamar album that like I've been listening to so much hip hop yeah I listen last, we
1: listen to it Water Lars and the Vant we're huge hip we listen to a ton of hip hop so I mean, like
0: that Joey Badass and, love Joey Badass oh, they, yeah. like those guys they're so thoughtful mm-hmm. and what they write, and I know a lot of people get, like, it's masked with all the bitches and hoes and stuff right. like that. But I'm like, you look deeper. Like, Kendrick is talking about good stuff.
1: Well, it's a little different now, too, though, yeah. even than it was, you know, five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's even more substance, it seems like, lately to the hip-hop, which I really like about it. We love Run the Jewels, too. Dude, Run so, the Jewels uh, is so good. Yeah,
0: Like, I still feel... Like, they're getting bigger, but I feel, right. still feel like they're completely underrated because I talk to people that like hip-hop, and I'm like, well, why aren't you listening to Well, you, you can't put stuff like this? that on the radio. Yeah. I don't... It's too... And Killer mic. It's is just, too
1: You know, wow. stuff like that, it's it's real, mm-hmm. so it's a little too real for people to have fun with it yeah. sometimes. You know what My I mean? My favorite
0: thing is I listen to... I'm a huge sports person. Right. So I listen to uh, this guy, Gary Parish, that... Uh-huh plays every day and he plays a run the jewels song oh, right every on. day like cool. he switches it up yeah sometimes so he had like that blockbuster uh-huh. uh part one or two right or on. whatever and dude, i was like every time that came <laughs> on the radio that at 4 44 or whatever
1: i was like yeah well lp's <laughs> a genius at beats and, and yeah all that, and then so killer right, mike yeah. is just right spitting yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's
0: so good so i that's that's refreshing that yeah. I hear somebody like loves hip hop. A lot of people that have come in here, you know, they don't they're not as, you know, I don't know, they're um, you know, they're like, "Oh, I have to listen to very thoughtful music right. to be a thoughtful person."
1: I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff, but yeah. I'm really uh, the older I get, I'm just a lot more limited and a lot I don't know, I'm just like old and cranky and lazy oh, no. i guess you know what i mean like no, my wife i hear tells, about <laughs> stuff and i'm like really there's another new band like, yeah i gotta what is this but you know and sometimes they're good and but
0: to me most of the time they're not i don't know so, <laughs> my the, wife tells me all the time she's like man you need to calm down i'm yeah. like these kids these days and i'm <laughs> yeah. only 26 and i'm yeah. like i feel like an old man right. all the time like well, why is your hair like that? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> cut your hair, yeah. or like get off the whole "get off my lawn" mentality. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it starts to kick in about yeah. this time. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell are you doing, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're just ruining your lives." <laughs> yeah. Um. So you're writing. You have your whole new album. Mm-hmm. You're about. To, you've got studio time booked. Mm-hmm. And then you said water liars are currently doing we've, an album we've
1: or? actually already completed our next You've album. Are, okay because it's
0: been a couple of years right since yes. the self-titled self-titled
1: came out in 2014 okay yeah f- february 2014 so okay. it's been right at two years all right uh last year we actually worked on took a lot of time off like we toured some at the beginning of the year and then last summer we started working on our next album and finished it and then this past fall we kind of took some time off and we're still in the process of shopping it and figuring out, like, how it's going to come out and yeah. all that, so... Are
0: you going... Okay, like, on, like, which label it's right, going right, to go through right, right, and right. all that? Okay. I gotcha.
1: Yeah, we've just been going through a lot of business stuff lately, but the record's done. We're real proud of it, so it's just a matter of... I'm excited of, to like, hear, yeah, man. Gonna, I'm stoked. And it's a lot more um, straightforward album. Um, like, Straightforward may not be the right, best word. Like we were talking about a minute ago, where... Um, uh, each album has the Let It Breathe or, like the acoustic song mm-hmm. on it or whatever Th- this one doesn't have any of those okay. this one is probably the more collaborative between all three of us oh okay that there's ever been like uh, GR who plays bass with us actually played a lot of keys and, and other stuff and, and, and we had the songs to work on for a long time we did several different demo sessions to where we kind of wrote as a group like formed it together okay and, okay. and not live on the spot so we have a lot of time to think and plan out and all that. And we also went to a different studio and worked with a different engineer Where'd and you got work a different at? sound. We worked at a studio called the Echo Lab in Denton, Texas, which is uh, Matt Pence from Centromatic. Okay. Uh, the drummer from the band Centromatic. He uh, is the engineer there and part owner of the studio. That's really cool, man. And got a really
0: Where did y'all, cool uh, the last record, was it in Water Valley? Did, yeah. Did you, okay.
1: Yeah, there's a studio in Water Valley. Um called Dowback Sound. Okay. And it's owned by uh, one of the guys from Fat Possum. Um recently he just sold it, so it's not no, it's I don't the buy same him anymore. anymore. <laughs> I gotcha. Not, it's not the same anymore. It's not even like gonna have the same name anymore. But uh yeah, he owned it at the time and so like and he was producing our records too. So we did both of them
0: there. Now um how does like living in Mississippi, living in Water Valley, how does that influence you in your in your writing? Like does it influence you? Cause I feel like when I was listening to water Lyres or I know even your, like your solo stuff, mm-hmm. like I feel like y'all have a sense of, uh, or you have a sense of where you're from mm-hmm. and like what's around you. Like, I grew up in Mississippi right. and I feel like I would understand your music for some reason I, even though it may not be about like your area. Right. I feel like I understand it more than somebody from somewhere else would.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I've had a few people ask me about that and I'm I always really don't know the answer other than I, I try to me personally I try to be I'm a really honest songwriter. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to put as much of myself into it as I can and I'm also I'm really comfortable in who I am yeah. and being from Mississippi and where I live. So I'm I'm not I'm not one of those people that's rejecting it. So that's like good. yeah, if you took me as a if you took me as a Mississippian and moved me to New York City, and I was making music there, I, I, I see that it would be slightly different. Yeah, I think. So I think just being there, you know, like you know, when I'm creative, I'm there, and it being quiet and it being me having those times of just living where I live and being where I'm from and just having that little bit of sense of place, I guess, um, it just seeps through it somehow. So, cause it's really not a conscious thing. It's just me being me. So if people are hearing that, that's actually kind of cool. Cause I guess it means that I'm, that that's who I am. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, now you said that you're married. How long have you uh-huh. been married for now?
1: Uh, almost 11 years. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. That's
0: awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, we've my wife and I are coming up on three years, mm-hmm so i know that like that was a complete life change uh used to my buds always called me hobo zach because of like me wearing like cut off jorts and like a holy t-shirt and all that stuff like how did that influence i mean not how it influence you but like what changes did you see in that like does that like i know like in your music that definitely Life well, the first
1: few a... years of us getting married, she'd been with me for a long time, so she knew the score on me playing music. Yeah. But first few years, you know, uh, she had just uh, graduated from college. She got a job, and I was still working a shitty job and still trying to play music. But the first few years, you know, it was just us, and we were living poor, and we just didn't care. You know, I toured a lot. I quit a job and toured for a while, and <laughs> come home, we had enough money. We were living cheap and just, you know, having fun. But. Uh, it was really not until after our, our first son was born yeah. that things kind of changed, and I, I had to really start Kids kick your taking ass, right? it seriously. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, th- it made it hard. At first, too, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, because yeah. I didn't, at that point, I still didn't have the following that I needed or the label support or anything that I needed to keep doing it, so i struggled, actually, for the first s- several years of his life to even just try to play or write or at all, and... Mm-hmm. Actually, that's about the time Water Liars started, uh, oh, really? so Water Liars probably saved me <laughs> in a that's way. That's really cool. Because it got to the point where I couldn't write songs anymore, and I just, I was writing songs, but they were terrible, I hated them, and I was stuck, and I would re-record and re-record and re-record the same songs, and I was forcing it, oh, basically. Yeah. I was just at a place where it was no good, and then, and then Justin said, hey man, I, I got the songs I want you to. He knew I was recording stuff in my house, like in my bedroom. He's like, I like the way your shit sounds. I want to come down there and have you just record some songs that I got.
0: Now, yeah. does he live down in Water Valley now or He lives in Oxford now. He lives in Oxford? Yeah. Okay, cool. At the
1: time we first started the band, he was in St. Louis and so he just came you down. You were sending back and forth and No, he came down. We oh, sh- okay. he spent a weekend and we recorded our whole first album Phantom Limb in in 3 days, on a weekend, the first weekend. And then um, I love the efficiency. Yeah.
0: 3 3 and 3. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> I like <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, yeah, that's how it got started and then it, so the first 3 years of Waterlars, I didn't write a song. For me, no. I was just kind of like, well, I'm not in a spot to do it. Yeah, know?
0: and I'm guessing it did give you a time to like reflect and to breathe, right, and not to force anything. Like I had to,
1: to I had to experience too. That yeah. was my whole thing. I was like, I was, I would written a lot of story songs and concept type stuff, and I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. So I was, like wanted to be more personable, but I didn't know how to express myself. It
0: sounds kind of like a comedy, like a comedian. You right. know, they take time between like specials and stuff. Even yeah. uh, did you watch that Netflix uh, Master of None? With I haven't seen that yet. Oh, mm. it's hilarious! But I it, should keep. I keep scrolling through that. Uh, I'm like, oh, I should watch that. You should. It's it fantastic. And he came out, uh, you know, a couple months ago when people were asking. They're like, "Wow, the show has had great success." And when's the second season coming out? And he said, you know, I don't know. I've got to experience more. right? Like I've got, because he draws, and I know a lot of comedians, they draw from like real life. Right. And that's what I love about uh, musicians and especially that whole singer-songwriter because you can just throw lyrics on anything. Right. And people will, you know, go with it. But the singer-songwriter, when you're, especially with, like your solo stuff mm-hmm. and uh and water liars, um it is like you have to experience it because these are these are true things these are honest things that have come right. up so
1: yeah there's something to that you know it's just, I just i i don't really have another way to explain it other than i just like needed time and i needed time I wasn't happy with my sound either. Like yeah. I don't think I quite knew who I was, as a, as a solo performer, an artist, or whatever. And I think, and being in Liars and being able to just be musically creative without mm-hmm. having the pressure of having to write lyrics, and Justin just happened to be at the point where he was at the top of his game. Yeah. So it was actually kind of a great combination, you know, at the at the time for both of us. Um. And and then through that, you know, then it got to be like okay. And it just actually with This Is the Life, my new record, it just kind of. I sat on my. We had some time off. We ended a tour, and I just was sitting out on my porch and I just started writing. And I just that wrote. It literally sounds all like songs. the most Mississippi thing. Yeah. I'm
0: just sitting on my porch well, for did, writing wrote, an album. I wrote the whole record <laughs> sitting
1: on my porch swing. Like, That's you know, almost, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like.
0: Yeah. That sounds like the perfect, perfect, just like. For me, that's like sitting on a porch drinking Coca Cola, eating some Cheetos or right. something like that. <laughs> maybe that's what. Maybe that's why it sounds
1: like Mississippi because yeah. right I'm right on my porch. then seeping through there or something. I don't know. I don't know.
0: But yeah. no, man. Um. So, what is the next thing for y'all in touring? Are y'all coming? Are y'all about to go on? like big tour or? yeah in july
1: we're doing several weeks i mean we got a couple of festival offers like one in the northeast one in georgia so we're basically doing like an east coast southeast tour then in july um yeah and then we're gonna try to i mean we've got a couple of festivals we're doing this month we're playing valley of vapors festival in hot springs we're playing a festival in fayetteville arkansas okay at the end of the month um uh, we don't have anything April or May. We got a couple of like local things we might do, but we're yeah, we're working on booking stuff now. Like basically from July on. So and Justin has been working on a uh, solo album too. And okay. He's just finished recording. He's been doing some house show tours. Um and he I think he's gonna be doing a little bit like in between here and there. So yeah, we're just you know, we're trying to stay busy. Yeah. You know? Uh uh main focus though is just trying to get this new record out, get all that business stuff figured out so that we'll know have a kind of a timeline to work with we don't want to like over tour before that to Mm -hmm. burn ourselves out because we know we want to commit as much time to touring behind that behind that record yeah
0: well man it has been like refreshing and like i loved that you know someone came to me with listening to y'all because um and then especially with Sean saying that he knew you. So mm-hmm. thanks for. Yeah, he's my neighbor, man. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a sweet I mean, guy. not
1: next door, but he lives yeah, just down the street. Super from nice so guy. His wife and my wife are good friends. Yeah, so. Aaron is. Yeah. She's cool. Yeah.
0: So, uh, man, I really appreciate you coming. Thanks and, for having uh, you, This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. And, yeah, it's uh, been great. Thank you for listening to the Electric Brain Podcast. Please visit electricbrainpodcast.com for more content on today's episode as well as previous episodes. Please follow us on Twitter at electricbrainpd and on Instagram at The Electric Brain Podcast.